Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. We are always excited to be with you each and every day because we get to have conversations and talk about things in life from an older perspective and younger perspective. And it's fun. We poke fun at each other, but at the end of the day, we... Uh, we just have a lot of fun doing it because we can expose things to Scripture and say, All right, what, what, what does the Bible say about this? Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily do that all the time. Does the Bible say the same thing to your generation that it does to mine? Yes. Of course it does. It that doesn't have like a question. different appendix. Yes. <laughs> Here's the, the baby boomer section in the Bible. Yeah, I love it when people go to the Bible and say, you know what, because of cultural reasons, here's this and that. Now, now I understand that happens in certain things. Right. However... You know, the principles, the the basic principles haven't changed. Everybody's a sinner from the time of Adam until now. Everyone. Oh, you just rocked my world. I know. That's the way life is. So those those things you just have to apply because (laughs) there's nothing. I mean, that's the way it is. Yep. Have you ever been confused, though? Yes. Confused. I'm confused like all the time on (laughs) certain things. This is true. What's something that confuses you all Uh, the time on certain things? The NFL. The NFL. (laughs) I can see how that confuses me. It, it confuses me. I mean, it, it, I'll give you an example. I won't, even, I won't name names here. Okay. But there was a certain tight end that was on the Packers. Okay. And the certain tight end declared, you know, he needed shoulder surgery and the doctors didn't care about him. All they wanted to do was think about money and have him play. So the Packers cut him for an undisclosed injury. He must not have told him about it when they hired him because yeah. he was a free agent. The next week he's playing with New England. He's playing. Their doctors cleared him. I'm thinking, wait a minute, huh. you were just moaning about you were just moaning about this. Yeah. You were saying, all you care about is money, you just want me to play, I need surgery. Then you go sign with another team and play the next week. You got thirty eight yards, you know, catching and and Tom Brady's all excited you're there. I'm sitting there going <laughs> Are you are you confused? I'm confused. Or are you just mm, maybe upset that he's not playing for your team? No, anymore? actually, he didn't play well for that team. I was thinking he shouldn't be playing because he was dropping every ball thrown to him. But it didn't matter. Maybe I, it's because you're supporting the wrong team. Well, you know, if I was a Patriot, I fine. <laughs> but the whole thing confuses me. I know. The it whole thing. Make any sense. The whole thing. Even when, when NFL players say, yeah, I really love our military, love the people sacrificing for us, but I'm protesting. It's like, I, I don't know. Sure. You know, yeah. I'm confused by that. Yeah. Uh, oh, now, yeah. I'm 61, so I can be confused by that. And there are a lot of my contemporaries right. who quit watching NFL. They're just tired of the drama. We got enough drama in life. Right. They, you know why we used to watch the NFL? Because we enjoyed the game. Right. We don't need any more drama. That's right. So keep your drama to yourself if you want to be an NFL player. Didn't they have a different phrase for that back in your day? I, I don't know if they did. Save the drama for your mama? Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Save the drama for your mama. I'm not that interested. <laughs> I don't know if that was your No, yeah, I don't know. But it, it, it's still one of those things where, you know, climate has changed. And it used to be we, we liked watching just the game. But the oh, I dr- thought you were talking about weather for a second. Yeah. <laughs> but the drama in it has taken over the game, and we don't watch the game as much anymore. And, and the commentators are always talking about what's going on off the field, and this person, that person, what they said. And it's like, can they run with the ball? Yeah. I mean, how about that? Yep. yep. Can somebody throw the ball and catch it? That's all we're talking about. And then there's this other stuff that's in there, so who knows. But life has changed in that sense. And I think when you're confused... That's what happens. Like, you, you, get, you go away from it. Yeah. You don't want to have a part of it anymore. And because your brain can't handle staying confused. No. You're going to reconcile it somehow. Yeah. And you may reconcile it wrong, but this you're going true. to reconcile it or you're going to pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 
not a good solution. No, not at all. Not all, at all. all right, I got a question for you, though. I ha- hopefully have an answer for you. Um, does social media cause narcissism, or is it something that just fuels narcissism? narcissism. Interesting. I would say... It would be the latter of those two options. I would say that social media fuels narcissism. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I think, and and we've talked about this before, about sin in general. You know, if you look at the core of sin, it becomes all about us in the moment. And if you look at the core of narcissism, it's it's thinking that it's all about you and the world evolves around you. So is it possible? So I think social media might draw out those tendencies of our sinful nature to want to be all about us. Is it possible to not be all about us? I think I think you can work towards it. Yeah, because I'm I'm wondering. I mean, when you think about it, it's like I have a thought. Yeah. Yeah, I just said I have a thought. Right. That's my thought. Right. How do I be about not my thought and I be about what's best for you and your thoughts. And I, I think that's a practical question to ask. When we talk about yeah. me being, some people might wonder, how do I do this? Because isn't it when I do what's right, I feel good about it? Mm-hmm. Can you feel badly and do what's right? Um, no. That would seem, well, maybe. Okay, see, now I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha you yeah. there. So, you yeah. did get me. Now there's depending on the situation. Yeah, right? that's that's the problem. So it, Jesus did what was now, right. Now I'm confused. Okay, Jesus did what was right. Okay. Yeah, he did what was right. He got nailed. He did get nailed. He well he got a whole lot more than nailed. Yes. yes. So the nailing and that didn't feel good. the nailing, the rejection, the spit in the face, the beard pulling, the thorns in the head. Good feeling or bad? That would be bad. I'm just, I'm just throwing, I'm taking a guess. I'm, I'm you're, you're guessing probably right. <laughs> I would imagine that that didn't feel good. So there's a, when somebody does what's right, it's yeah. possible to feel physically yeah. and emotionally bad. Right. I, yeah, actually, the more that I think about it, I would say that that almost happens more often than okay. feeling good. But in the same time now, the same time, yes. you feel good. Yes. Okay, so at the same time, yes, you feel badly in one way. I, I, is it badly or bad? I um, forget it. Just, I'm not an English you know, major. You know so what I'm saying. So I, I, in in one sense, I'll just put use, your land down. I'll just use the word, and all you English majors put the right one in there. Um, what you be talking about? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you can feel badly. Yeah, badly. <laughs> Sorry. It's an adverb, right? Yeah, I don't, adverbs I don't, that end in now. Don't start throwing big words at me oh like boy. adverb. All right. <laughs> you can feel badly, but you can feel good. Good about it as well. At the same time. Right. You know, it, and, and even using the example about Jesus and the cross, I mean, to look in Hebrews, you know, and for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Joy and endured went together. Joy and endured so, went together. So think of this. If your definition of joy or happiness is the absence of pain, right, is that going to work? No. It, it'll rock your world because it, it doesn't fit within that paradigm. Because now you've got to do all kinds of things to get rid of pain. Right. And your goal is no longer really joy. Mm-hmm. It's the absence of pain. Right. Which opens the door to drugs, alcohol, illicit, all kinds of stuff. Yes. Because... 
that's the goal is the absence, not the presence. Mm-hmm. Now, we just discussed an extremely deep topic. <laughs> what was that topic that uh, we just talked we, about? We, I know. I, I mean, really, about, we did it in you know, a simple way, we but did it's it extremely very extremely And there's deep. a lot of people that struggle with that. Exactly. If you're listening carefully, what you're realizing is if you've defined happiness wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> How many words in L-Y can, can we use today? I am in so trouble. So trouble? Yes, I <laughs> You're very troubly today. We can't even talk. <laughs> if you're listening to us and you like the English language, please turn it off right now. <laughs> anyway, there, it, when you are, are, are somebody who defines things wrong and you look at it and say, okay, my goal in life is to not be sad. Right. The things you could do that are evil at that point are numerous. Right. Because all you're doing is trying to not feel sad. Right. So if, regardless of what it is what, and all that. Yep. What, what you're missing is the idea that contentment, happiness, joy comes from understanding how you were created and responding in the right area of how. And sometimes right. in that, you are not feeling good. Right. But you can have both. When my, uh, the illustration I've given, and anyone that's heard me speak has heard me talk about this, but when my dad died and he was in that casket, and, and I, I didn't want to go look at him. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go look at him. I'm the younger brother. My older brother, that was his job. He had to go look at him, take care of things. I'm, I'm not going to look at him. Yeah. My older brother, in, in his wisdom, wouldn't let me do that. Hmm. He made me go up and look at my dad's dead body. Yeah. I was angry with him. I didn't want to do it. I was walking outside the funeral home. I wasn't coming in. Yeah. Why? I didn't want to see him dead. Right. Now, you and I know, Jason, he was dead, whether I wanted to see him dead or not. He right, was, right. He was dead. Yeah. But I was refusing to admit that. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when I walked up to that casket when my brother kind of forced me, because I still am a younger brother, so he can still boss me around a little bit. So I mm-hmm. let him boss me around. And I, and I went up to the casket, and I'm looking at the casket. I never had a time in my life where I had greater sorrow and greater joy mixed together. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's when I realized, believe it or not, standing at that casket... I realized that I had defined joy all wrong, hmm. that I had defined it as the absence of something, hmm. the absence of pain. Yeah. I was in pain. Healthy people have pain. Yeah. Unhealthy people don't. And I think that's, that's hard for us to comprehend because especially within our culture, within the way that we do things, we're so feeling-based. We're so wanting to experience that that satisfaction of, of feeling good, feeling happy. And within that paradigm, pain or suffering doesn't exist. Right. And we think that they're at odds to each other. Or we have to get rid of it. Or we have to get rid of it, right. So if it does exist, we do things to get rid of it. Some people eat to get rid of it. Right. Because every time they have a you know, you know, Dunkin' Donut in their mouth, it tastes right. good. So, excuse me, I like Dunkin' Donuts. Nope, we're not trying to <laughs> shut the franchise right. down. But some people drink to get rid of it. They do. Some people turn to, to drugs to get the high. Pornography, whatever. Pornography, whatever it is. You know, some people turn to, to media, you know, and just binge watching TV shows to get rid of it. That way they could forget about life and just yeah. live a, a different reality as well. But you see evidences all over that there's this struggle between what to do um, and how to get to that point. Yeah. Do, do you know you can be addicted to your own adrenaline? Yeah. It's, it's just like another drug. Right. 
you have to be very careful if you're addicted to your own adrenaline because all of a sudden you're going to do things to kick that in. Right. And it, it could be picking a fight. It could be, you know, pornography. It could be, it could be something else. But what, what you're not realizing is that you've become an addict. Mm-hmm. And, um, and someday we're going to have to have a show on addictions. Yeah. Because I think there's some real answers there. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of us might even have addictions that we don't even realize. Oh, I think a lot. I think most people do. We're addicted to ourselves. Right. And, and that addiction causes all kinds of problems. And that's what the word narcissism really is. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the basics that I think people need to grab is, is what we've been talking about. You, you have to get to the point in life where you realize my life is not really about just kicking out the things I don't like. Yeah. There are a lot of things in life that you don't like that not, are not going to ever feel good, but you need to do them anyway. Right. So that's off the table. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, it's be like, well, that's weird. No, practically it's off the table. How many things in your daily life do you do, Jason, that you may not like doing? Oh, I do a lot. Okay. Especially yeah. having children. Yeah. Did you ever change a diaper? <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially when they- What a thrill. When they blow up. My son had one blow out the side. Yeah. What a thrill, huh? Oh, it was exciting. You still do it. Yep. It is not a good feeling. Right. However, there's something in your heart that when you're done, there's a satisfaction there. It's right. your son. Right. So it's, it's that kind of thing where you have to, let's apply that to all of life instead of trying to run away from it. Mm-hmm. No, that makes total sense. And I think we're, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg here um, about talking about pain and thing. Because like I said, a lot of us face it. Um, and I think it, as we dive into it more, that what we can do is encourage each other to focus on the way that God has designed it. And we are in the middle of a discussion about uh, pain and joy. And kind of all started, Dave, when you asked me a question about social media. Uh, we, we talked about narcissism, which is kind of the focus on self. And you said, does it fuel it or does it? cause it. And we kind of got on this tangent about, about pain because oftentimes when we think about happiness, it's all about me. And, and, and within that paradigm, it's, it's almost as if pain or suffering can't exist. Yeah. And, this, and so that's kind of where we're at in our discussion. And, uh, and, and so I kind of wanted to kind of bring it back a little bit to t- talk about social media and how it impacts the way that we view life, because I feel like we're leaning on social media more and more and more. And, and I don't think it's necessarily creating problems as opposed to maybe drawing out problems that we already have. Do you think we're dependent on social media? I would say that we're, that we're becoming dependent on social media. Now, Are you dependent on coffee? No. Do you, do you, would you, well, I drink coffee every day, but I, I, like, so I if you didn't, it. it's not a big deal. Okay. For me, you know. I used to actually quit coffee one month a year, just so it wouldn't become a so I wouldn't be so it wouldn't control me. Yeah. Now I only have one cup a day, so I'm like it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't miss it if, even if I don't have it. Yeah. But it used to be where I actually went through a process of getting off of it. I would go to three quarters caffeinated, half caffeinated. It take me all four weeks of that month to get off it without a headache. <laughs> Because I used to drink coffee all the time. Sure. I just had sure. a cup in my hand. Yeah. And so I would go off of it. Yeah. And, and then I would stay off it for however long I felt showed that I, I wasn't dependent on it. Then, yeah. I would, then I would just start drinking it again. But it, it's interesting. if Coffee isn't evil. Right. So I didn't need to do that. Right. But there was something in me that said, I need to make sure that nothing controls me other than God. Right. It, it, and I'm, I'm wondering... 
maybe that's a valid exercise for everybody to understand about everything in their life, that their money doesn't control them, that their social media doesn't control them, and that's what we're talking about, social media. And the two words that we're using are, are, are is, is, is it, does social media cause a problem or does it fuel a problem that's already there? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. People who, are, who struggle with lust, mm-hmm. they could easily go online and look at pornography. Oh, yeah. Yep. If they quit looking at pornography, would the lust go away? No. So pornography isn't the problem. Right. Lust is the problem. Right. That's the simple way you got to look at it. Right. If you want to solve it, I mean. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think, like I said, you know, I think with social media, it just creates it in a way that's just more presentable and almost hides it. And so that's why it kind of feeds these things and draws yeah. them out because it, it doesn't seem like it is doing it, but it is. You know, and I think a lot of us have become addicted. I mean, you look at my generation, you know, or anybody nowadays, if, if you leave your phone somewhere, you know, what, what's the natural instinct that yep. people have? They feel lost. Like everything has to stop until they find it. Yep. You know, I mean, imagine going a week without social media, yep. you know, without checking anything, without doing anything. Like some people wouldn't be able to do that, you know. And, and like we said, not that it, not that social media in and of itself is bad. No, but it's a fuel. But it's a fuel. Right. Think of a fire. Right. A, a fire, it you know, it, it can only burn if there's a fuel there to burn it. Right. So if you're if you're somebody struggling with lust, and you keep putting fuel on there, and then hoping that you don't struggle with lust. Right. Right. It's like hello. Right. Quit fueling the fire. Right. You say, well, it's, it's not a matter of this movie or whatever. It's like, no, you're fueling the fire. Yeah. Whatever fuels the fire, right? get it out of there. Absolutely. It, it will not mean that you will never lust again. Mm-hmm. What it will mean is that you're not fueling the fire and it's not out of control. Right. And that's, you know, what, if you really want to cure some of these things, back that up a little further. Why do people lust? Because they're trying to satisfy a need that they have. Yeah, I would even go further. They're willing to use somebody else and hurt them for their own pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely. Lust is never about the other person. It's all about me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's all about you, there's danger there. Here's right. what I would love somebody who struggles with lust to, to tell themselves. When they start lusting, say, I would be willing to hurt that other person and use that other person to destroy their lives for me. Hmm. So say that before you do anything. Right. And that, that'll take any of the sugar coating that Satan is trying to do away. Yeah, because you can't lust and say, I'm only thinking about the best for the other person. Right. You're, you're not going to do that. Right. You're actually a creep. Right. When you, did I say that? Creep. Creep. Creep do, or creep? Does anybody use that word anymore? <laughs> I haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> you, but I, You're kind of creepy. <laughs> you're kind of creepy. Yeah. But, but when you're somebody who is willing to use somebody else, and sometimes we don't talk about it in black and white like this because we're afraid... You know, it, it is kind of a harsh thing to say right. that if you're somebody who lusts, because then the, it'll come back and say, well, every human lusts. Every human's a sinner. Believe it or not, every human would use another human at some time for their own benefit, regardless of the other person's benefit. Right. That's the sin. Right. And that's the ugliness of it. Yeah. And, and, and that's what sometimes we can't believe, mm-hmm. especially when it happens to us. Right. And, and even going back to our discussion that we had about pain and, and, and happiness, oftentimes many of us will do whatever we need to make sure that 
we don't experience the pain or the suffering and, and stick to the happy, you know? And so whether it's, you know, taking it further, whether it's lust, you know, you do something like that. Why? So that you feel that feeling right? rather than not having that feeling, right? you know? And that's how these things fuel it, you know, as you see things and you, and you interact with things or it becomes a supplement so that you stay all about yourself feeling good. And yep. it doesn't matter what happens elsewhere around you as long as you are feeling good. Yeah, so if if there's a problem with lust in our country, do you think that that lust has been normalized? I think I think it's becoming no, more normalized. Okay, so it, you know, it, one of the things that different culture. I was in Northern Ireland, and and I was stunned at how normalized you know even sexuality was. You know, one of the thing you know, there's always cultural differences, but one of the things there was a newspaper over there that would always you know release it, and and there was this joke about page three. I'm like, what's what's this joke about? But every article, every every newspaper edition, page three would be a full, full page, nude woman, hmm. and you could buy this at the news, newspaper stand. Anybody. And that was normal. For and them. that was normal. Not only this, but after nine o'clock, you could show anything on TV. Hmm. I think it was called the the watershed, maybe, or I don't know. You'd have to Google it, and I could be wrong in my understanding. Don't of it, Google it. Don't. Yeah, don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Just <laughs> Touche. Anyways, but you could pretty much after a certain time, I think you were li- like the 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 restrictions of what you can have on TV changed, and you were allowed to do everything. And I was like, wow, it's just normal, right? You know. And so then when I would when I would talk about purity or this other stuff with with some of the kids, it was like almost a different mindset because. It, it was going against what was quote unquote normal. Right. And I think that in our culture, things are becoming more and more normalized. Right. Because it's, it's just there. Yeah. It's interesting when you look and you see the objectification of women everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you've got three sons. Yeah. Well, well yeah. one on the way. One, so on, have, one almost here. You, any you day now. But one, I will, yeah. I mean, I do have three sons. So I do have three sons. In, in this sense, they're growing up in a world. Where, where ladies, young ladies have been objectified, and they're objectified on a regular basis. They're used to sell products they shouldn't be used to sell. They're, they're on page three of newspapers in other countries. I mean, how in the world are you going to teach your sons right. to respect people and to think of them and what's best for them? Right. I mean, how do you do that in this culture? You have to be intentional, you know, and you have to realize that, that at the end of the day, for us to experience true joy, it's not about us. Right. You know, it's about loving God and loving others. Absolutely. And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. And you're like, oh, come on, Jason. No, seriously. You know, if you think about when, you, when you're loving God and when you're doing things to make other people succeed, to love them, you know, there's, that's joy. Yep. You know, I can't think of any occasion where I helped somebody where I didn't feel like, wow, that was the right thing to do. That was good. I'm glad I did that. Yep. Not that it was about me, but... There's something in, in the act of doing that. You know, even if they were totally ungrateful, you know, I think that, that there, there's something different in it. And I think that's, that's, that's how you teach the, the upcoming generation, even our generation. Why? Because we have become so much about self yep. and we've lost sight of, of relationships with others. Teaching is always done by example, not by words. Right. So, you know, my encouragement to you is the best way you're going to teach your three boys to respect women is for you to respect women. Yeah. And to do it in a way where they see it, mm-hmm. where they, when ladies come into your house, there's a, there's a certain respect. Uh, you, you remember my dad, and when he was a pastor at a church, if a lady ever came up on the platform, he stood up. Mm. He just did that. Yeah. It was, it, it's a way of showing honor to the person. Yeah. And, and he would do that. He wouldn't do that for men. 
he mm-hmm. would do that for ladies if they came up onto the stage. Yeah. And there's, there's something where even as a kid, you're looking at, what are you doing that for? Yeah. You know, there's something about showing respect to people that is missing in our culture. It's not having people control you or anything, but it's, it's thinking, I am not going to do anything for this. I'm, 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 I am not going to do anything other than help this person be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. And using them in a sexual way is not right. going to make them the best they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a certain purity you want kids to grow up in. Uh, you know, and I would, I would have you think as a, as a young parent and those young parents that are listening, anything that you do in your home, behind closed doors, whatever it is, anything you do that your kids are observing, mm-hmm. they will do more than you when they get older. Mm-hmm. They won't even talk to you about it. They're learning by watching you and they will come to their own conclusions later as to the amount or whatever. So if you watch some TV now, they're going to watch more TV later. Now, again, you say, well, then I, no, I'm just warning you. That's the way life goes. Because what you do in your home is normalize things. Mm-hmm. And, right. and what you're doing is creating a normal for those kids. It is going to be so hard for those children to break out of that normal. Mm-hmm. So you will answer to God for the normal that you've created. Yeah. And you need to understand that and, and alter your life right now so that the normal unfortunately, is probably going to be more conservative than you want it mm-hmm. because of the fact that you realize you got all these followers right, right. in the house. Uh, when you think of yourself only, you tend to go away from that mm-hmm. because you think, well, I'm, I need to be able to do this and they need to learn how to deal with it. Right. YOLO. Yeah. And no, you're influencing them. So I warn parents, if you're going to watch movies that are questionable, they're going to watch movies that are questionable. If you're going to drink alcohol, they're going to drink alcohol. If you're going to, um, you know, uh, yell at your wife, they're going to yell at girls if they're boys. If you always show respect in how you treat people, they're going to show respect in how they treat people. They're learning from you. Right. As a school teacher, I'm telling you, I knew what was going on in every home mm-hmm. when the kids came to school. And parents could say, oh, no, oh, no. No, still, there is. Um, there's this one little girl, five-year-old that came up to me, we went to a youth club, she came up to me, and, and all of a sudden she just grabs my hand and goes, let's go play catch. Now she comes from a really healthy home. Yeah. Now, and I'm thinking, okay, she knows me, her parents know me. It's like, she's t- it's totally fun to be around somebody healthy, mm-hmm. even a five-year-old that's healthy. Right, right. It's fun. And we went and played catch. She stole the ball from some, uh, from some boys that had it and came over here, now that was another problem. But <laughs> it was still one of those fun little moments where you say, you know what? You come from a healthy family. You're watching healthy relationships. You come up to a guy that's 61 years old, grab him by the hand and go, let's go play catch. Right. Good for you. Right. You know, good for you. Uh, It's interesting when you look at life, you have a lot of great opportunities at your age, Jason, and others that are your age. You are the most influential people in the lives of a bunch of little people. Mm -hmm. And they will emulate you. And the only thing that you have to really focus on is I need to emulate Christ. I need to do it right right here absolutely. and behind these closed doors so that these kids out in public do it. Yeah. And I see that already, especially my oldest son. You know, I've been doing this SBR insider thing and he absolutely loves it. He was on a recent episode and he just wants to be like me. And so Mm -hmm. I, I totally see what you're saying. Thank you for joining us for Younger Older. I'm Dave with Jason and you can find more information at relate365.com. That's relate365.com, a division of Silver Birch Ranch here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. 
We do encourage you to check those websites out and allow us to serve you, your church, and your family in the unique north woods of Wisconsin, a setting God has provided for over 50 years. Thanks again.